everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. What's up, everyone? Hudson here, and today is Tuesday, March 12th, and you are listening to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode number... 86, entitled Friends and Foes. Today I have Steve here with us. Hello. And Greg. Hi, everybody. So this episode is entitled Friends and Foes because for the most part we're going to be focusing on Nintendo's friends, as in the third-party companies that are developing games for them, um, as well as some of their foes like Sony and the PlayStation 4. We're going to offer kind of our our thoughts and how we think the PlayStation 4 will affect Nintendo and gaming in general. Uh, we have to, we do have a little bit of a first-party stuff in here as well, too, as well. Um, and I just said as well twice. That was weird. Anyways, um, so we are doing the podcast now at a new time. I know last week I said it was going to be a temporary time of 8 o'clock, um, but I think at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to keep it at the 8 p.m. Eastern time, um, time slot, uh, so we'll see, you know, how that goes and after, you know, a couple of weeks or months or so. Uh, but for now, every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, roughly, um, that's when we're going to be doing the podcast live. Uh, to keep up to date with all that, you can always check out NintendoFuse.com. We'll have all the latest there. And also on NintendoFuse.com is the details on how to join in because what's great about the podcast is it can be very interactive. We have a chat room going where anyone can join in and offer their comments. So, uh, usually we have a couple of people that are always in the chat offering their thoughts, and we'll read that on the podcast and, and discuss that as well. Um, and you can also call into the podcast. Uh, we haven't had a caller in a while, so those are always fun. So definitely uh, try and call in if you have something to say and uh, want to be on the podcast. So you can definitely check that out. Details are on NintendoFuse.com on how to participate. So let's get right to it. We're going to start with discussing some of the games that we have been playing recently. And uh, first up is, all right, this is a mouthful. BitTrip presents Runner 2, Future Legend of Rizabh. I can't even say it. See, it's been too long of a title. BitTrip presents Runner 2, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien. There we go. Um, I'm not Charles Martinet. I can't say, you know, I can't say the title in a cool voice like he does. Um, so that is out now on the eShop. Um, and... I've got it, and Steve has got it as well. So um, let's start off with that game. Um, I guess I'll start. And basically, my background with the BitTrip series is I've played um, BitTrip. Well, I've played all of them uh, on the 3DS. I have the BitTrip Saga, I think it is, on the 3DS. It's all of them. Um, But uh, the one that I like the most is BitTrip Runner. Um, And I did get to play that before it released at PAX East. I did an interview as well with Gaijin Games, if you want to check that out. I think that was like the first interview I've, I've done for uh, Nintendo Fuse. That was fun. Um, so you can check that out. And uh, BitTrip Runner was a lot of fun. It's, it's challenging, but it was very addicting. Like, even though you lost, like, it wasn't super frustrating just because, like, the music was cool. It, like, always made you want to keep on trying. Um, and then once you finally got it, it was so satisfying. 
And uh, so I really was excited for this. And this game so far has not disappointed. Um, seems like there's plenty of content. And it's uh, they definitely add some other twists to the game. Um, now, granted, I didn't get super far in Picture Runner, so there might have been certain things that, that were in that game too. But this one has you doing, like, loop-de-loops and doing, like, I mean, you can duck down, but then you can, like, duck and kick and duck and jump, and you can, like, do these spring jumps, and I don't even it's there's, like, so many different things that you do, and you have to do, in a bunch of levels, you have to do all of these different things, and it's, like, very, takes a lot of coordination and stuff, um, but it's so much fun. The music is great. The game looks great. It has off-TV play, which is great. Uh, you can, there's, like, online leaderboards and stuff, which is great. There's Charles Martinet is the voice with the voiceovers and the, you know, the cutscenes and stuff, which is great. This game is just great. Like, it's just, um, so far, I'm really liking it. Um, what about you, Steve? What do you think of Runner 2? Well, um, this is pretty much the only game I've been playing the last uh, few weeks. And, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. Um, my my official review is up on Nintendo Fuse, so... Um, I won't. I'll try not to, you know, duplicate what I've said already. Um, but yeah, just overall, there there was very little negative things that I could actually find in the game, um, which is one of the reasons I ended up giving it a ten in the end because um, everything, you know, I looked at trade, tried to look at every aspect of the game, and um, there were like hardly anything that I could find that was negative, and the things that I did find were negative seem to be just like kind of glitches or, or issues with the with the the programming or something and anyhow and um and Gaijin Games has said that they're going to be issuing a uh, an update very very soon that's going to fix all those things. So, you know, from that standpoint, the game is near perfect, I think. Um, you know, it ramps up in terms of difficulty. Um kind of gradually, so you kind of get your bearings a little bit. You you learn new moves over time, which is great um, as well. They don't just like kind of throw you in all of a sudden and say, okay, you have ten moves and go. Try to figure it out. Um, they teach you little by little, which is really cool. Um, and I think, you know, other people have, have likened it to kind of learning an instrument or something like that. Um, it's kind of similar to that. You know, you learn your, your timing and all that thing, sort of thing, and then you come back like I've noticed when I, I, you know, on level 20, 30, whatever, and then I go back and, and try to complete, you know, one of the first levels again to see if I can get a higher score. And those levels are so much easier than they were when the first time I ran through. Um, so that's kind of cool too because you, you, it's pretty obvious to see yourself getting better at the game um, pretty quickly um, because it kind of gradually ramps you up and everything. So... Yeah, it's a great game. Um, it does get very difficult on higher levels, um, which could frustrate you, but at the same time, um, just like the first game, uh, it has that that just one more chance, just one more time, just one more time kind of feeling <laughs> to it. Like, And because it starts just so over, over so quickly back in the beginning, you know, you don't have to wait for, you know, the game over screen and, you know, credits and all that stuff, and then you start over again. It's just like you're back at the beginning or the checkpoint um, you know, within seconds, and you're starting right again, um, which is kind of, you know, it helps you keep coming back for more and everything. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, if you're not familiar with the game itself, uh, definitely check out videos. There's there's a, you know, a demo and different things like that, too. So, 
um, definitely check it out. But I I highly recommend it um, for anyone who's into platforming games, anyone who's into rhythm games. Um, this this game does a great job of combining the two, and uh, it just it looks great, which I think is a is a big uh, step over the original one for Wii. The original one for Wii looked cool, but I mean. I think the HD graphics and the added depth perception that you get on the Wii U uh, version of this of this one um, just helps so much with knowing you know, how to time things properly and stuff like that, um, which is kind of cool because like I heard that of all the games, all all the systems and everything that uh, Runner Two came out for, um, Wii U actually has the best graphics um, and the most depth perception and and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with, you know, everything you said. And those checkpoints, man, like, they they can definitely be a lifesaver. But then at yeah. the same time, they, like, taunt you, too, because if you skip uh-huh. them, you get bonus points. So, like, I started off at the earlier level skipping them, and then, like, I soon learned that I'm going to have to definitely use them, and then maybe when I replay it or something, skip those checkpoints. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, it gets to you, because it's like you want to get those high points, but then it's like, I can't handle this. It's it's challenging. Um, so one of the, I was just going to say, one of the things that I didn't like, though, that they're supposed to be fixing is, uh, is when you replay a level, it just holds your, your last score instead of your highest overall, which kind of uh, prevented me from going back and replaying some levels to get the added bonuses and stuff like that um, because I, I knew that my last high score was, you know, if I was going to go back there and just, you know, only play halfway through the level in order to get the bonus, um, then it wouldn't keep my, you know, my high score. And so I, it's prevented me from going back and doing that or skipping the, you know, the checkpoint stuff. But that is supposed to be fixed in the future, um, the very near future. And so it will allow you to kind of go back and, you know, if you, if you, you know, got the checkpoint the first time through just to beat the level, then the next time you can go through and, and actually try to jump it and, and see what extras you can get. Right. That and the the annoying glitch of, like, every time you try and exit, it would freeze the Wii U. Um, so that was kind of... Yeah, that was weird. Me. Like, I, I... The first time I played it, it didn't happen at all. And then I heard, started hearing about all these people having the issue, and I'm like, well, that's weird. And then it started for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, that's it was funny. odd. So, yeah, well. but I know that you fixed that. But at least temporarily, I noticed that if you go to Miiverse first, and then you exit, then it's okay. Um, it does, or if you let it sit yeah. in the uh, the menu, like the home screen menu thing first for a, a long while. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. And it has so much replay value too, so it's well worth the money because, I mean, you can always go back. There's bonuses, these keys you can collect, which first you have to like unlock in a key level, and then they have added difficulty there, different difficulty levels. Um there's just so much replay value, so it's definitely... Yeah, and there's different... There's different uh, I like this one, too, because there's a lot more um, different routes you can take through the level, mm. which, you know, in, ends up you meaning you unlock different levels that aren't, you know, on the normal track, kind of like, you know, Mario Brothers or something like that, um, the newer Mario Brothers games. Uh, but you can also, you know, do the normal one, and that leads you to the, the regular exit. And, yeah, there's, there's a lot more packed into this game. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. So definitely check out uh, BitTrip Presents Runner 2 Future Legend of Rhythm Alien on the East. There you go. Uh, yeah. Definitely uh, worth your money there. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, so that's about it for me for the most part for what I've been playing. Um, I do have something interesting coming up that I did want to mention, um, that uh, I will be getting a review copy of Harmonite for the eShop. Um, so I think uh, Greg sent that over, um, or he's going to be sending that over today or something. So I'll have that. But the game doesn't come out until March 28th or so. Um, so I'll be kind of playing that. I don't think I'll, I guess I'm not really supposed to be talking about it though once I play it until the 25th, which is when the review can be posted. Um, so I guess that podcast that we have, or I guess, well, I'm trying to calculate this. Yeah, so the next podcast we have, I'll be able to kind of discuss some of my thoughts on the game before it releases. Um, so that's definitely something to look out for, Harmonite, which should be an interesting uh, um, game. It's another, you know, rhythm platformer, but um, kind of a slightly different style in a way, but um, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how that how that is. Um, so that's, that's coming up. Is that is that 3DS or Wii U? That's 3DS. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that is that. I'm most I'm most looking forward to since Game Freak is the one developing it, and uh, they're the Pokemon developers. There are some levels with Pokemon music in it. That series has some good music, so that should be uh, interesting to to play through. Um, but, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for some details on Harmonite in the next podcast. Um, all right, now, and uh, let's shift gears to 3DS a bit. I know, Greg, you've been playing um, some stuff on 3DS. Yes, I've been playing the Castlevania Lord of the Shadow Mirror of Fate, another uh, fantastic long title that <laughs> these companies have. But, um, <laughs> what is with these long titles, man? Like, do, do they just, like have so many ideas and I can't decide which one to pick, so they're just like, yeah, let's put it all together. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, anyways, I've gotten a review copy from Konami, so I've been playing that for the last week. And surprisingly, I've almost beaten the game already. I did see a few like reviews posted earlier in the week saying it was kind of a short game and you can probably beat it in like 10, 15 hours, and that's right around the mark I'm at. I think I have like 12 hours, my file says, or whatever in like a 90% completion because I've been trying to collect everything. I'm one of those completionist people. So um, the game is really fun. It's a side-scroller. kind of similar, I guess. Uh, I haven't really played any of the most recent ones. I haven't played a Castlevania game since the original Nintendo, like the very first one and also Simon's Quest. I didn't even get to the third one on the NES yet. But it does kind of have that retro feel, like it could have, like been on like the NES just with updated graphics. I mean it's a side scroller. You can kinda of go like up and down, like jump and maneuver and platform and then you also have some puzzles to solve as well. And the really cool thing is you're able to backtrack through all the areas you've been through and you can collect stuff that you've missed when you get like the better powers and pretty much you can get up to like level eighteen is the max and each level you gain like a new combo move. So instead of like just attacking a single enemy, you can attack like a group of enemies enemies or you can like raise enemies up or like break their like defense down, like break their shield items and pretty much like you control three different characters throughout the game. You start off as like a Simon Belmont and then you go on to Alcard who's like a son of Dracula who's also kind of related to the Belmont family or something and then the last portion you play is Trevor Belmont, Simon's father and it takes place 30 years before the first two areas that you do pretty interesting perspective to kind of see how you progress with each character and then even though like you learn an ability as one character, the next character starts off 
with a few of the abilities and then learn some new stuff on their own. And then when I started as Trevor's last section, he had both, like some of the both two first characters' original moves and then along with his own unique set of features to learn to perform throughout the game. But it's been a very pretty solid experience, and I'll probably be posting my review up within like the next week or so. And the other game I've been playing is that Kersploosh. I also got a review copy for that one. It's on a 3DS eShop. And that is, I guess, kind of comparable to like a runner-type game. You, like you, they have like an interesting tiny little story when you, after you select the object, you're going to throw it on the well. And then you kind of maneuver this object down the well. Like you, could start, you start off with a stone and like a super ball. They call it as like a bouncy ball or whatever because obviously it's Super Bowl is like a trademark name, but it's essentially what you have. And then you have like a level of HP on how much that item can be damaged. The Super Bowl is vulnerable, so it pretty much guarantees you to make it to the end, but it's also kind of slow when it's traveling down. So you get a lower, like a higher time when you complete the run through. And then like the stone has like 100 HP, and then pretty much every time you you hit like a wall, like one of the side walls or anything that's coming towards you, like there's these little circular cement donuts and like wood planks and pizza slices and all sorts of different hazards that you can crash into. You lose a little bit of HP each time and then there's little rings you can go through that increase your speed for a short time. It's like a speed boost. Then pretty much you have to navigate this object all the way down to the well so it makes a splash of the water at the bottom. A kerpoosh, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably tie in like a. I was probably going to tie in like a Splush first Splat kind of thing in my review. I think that was a kind of a good introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about like I was curious about that game, so I was wondering how that was. Uh, yeah, how, how, much, the, how, how much did that cost again? It's two ninety nine. Yeah, so it's very expensive. How's how's the three D effect in it? Um. I, Actually, I didn't really haven't played a whole lot with it right now because my battery's been draining a lot from Castlevania. But from what I've seen so far, it's still kind of pretty impressive. It kind of sticks out a little bit. The 3D effects on Castlevania has been amazing because it actually looks like stuff's actually popping out of the screen. Like it really looks like you're wearing like 3D glasses. <laughs> That's cool. They really did a good job with the 3D effects in that game, and I've well, been working on the long one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh yeah, having an interview with the developers last year at E three and it was like they were expecting to, you know, put it out in just a couple months after and you know, almost a year later it's finally, you know, here. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Cool. Well that's uh Castlevania and Kersploosh. So those are the two games you've been playing. And then uh Steve, I think you had one other game, you said F Zero. Um, yeah, I got F Zero for uh, for the Wii U, um, the the uh, Virtual Console, and um, just playing and playing around with it a little bit. Just uh, you know, it was thirty cent game, just like the the balloon fight and everything. So went ahead and got it, of course, just like thirty cents. And uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I'll just say, like, I I really like the the I think it was the GameCube version of F Zero. Really like the arcade you know, game and everything, but the original is just, it's, I think it's, um, it's like brutally hard, um, at times, and the, so it's like, 
I mean, it controls similar to, you know, like a Mario Kart, um, the original Super Mario Kart, you know, probably uh, for the Super Nintendo, but you add in, you know, a little extra speed and the fact that every time you bounce against another car or bounce against a wall, your car takes damage and you can only hit so many things during the thing. You blow up a la, like, uh, what's it called? Um, pit, pit, what's, your, what's that original, like, arcade game that you, like, run in anything or hit anything and your car blows up? What's that called? I forget. I'm not sure. It's <laughs> like an old, old game. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it has something to do with Pit, maybe, or I don't know. I, I'm I, like the fans are gonna kill me and everything. It's like an arcade, like <laughs> old Atari game. But anyhow, but yeah. So it's like because of that, it's I added difficulty, and I I mean, of course, I'm glad I bought it because it's it was like thirty cents. So you know, it's fun to play every once in a while. But um, it's definitely not a game I keep going back and forth, uh, back back to because. It's uh, it's not really that easy, and um, I haven't been able to make through an entire circuit of four races yet. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I downloaded that as well, but I don't think I got to play it. I was never too big on F-Zero games, but I was like, 30 cents, might as well, you know, get it, and I'll play it a little bit and try it out or something. Um, yeah, F Zero GX is great. Uh, I love those games, hmm. um, the newer ones, but man, yeah. And it does make me hope that you know there'll be there'll be you know a, a new version for either 3ds or OU somewhere down the line. Um, but yeah, just like Super Mario Kart, the originals are a lot harder than the newer games. Right. It's back in the time where games were supposed to be hard, and you didn't have <laughs> infinite continues and ways to right. generate thousands of lives. And <laughs> yeah, you had to go to a checkpoint. <laughs> Yep, so that is F0. So if anyone has Wii U, 30 cents on the eShop, check it out before that uh, time limit is up. I think once the month period is up, don't they like, I I think I heard they temporarily stop selling the game, and then I think once the full virtual console launches, like then they'll start, you know, selling them at normal price. So not only do you lose out on the 30 cents, but you can't buy the game for a little while. So definitely uh, download it while you get the chance. Um, So there's that. Um, so that covers it for the games that we've been playing, but uh, I believe it was last week where Steve discussed the comfort stylus, and uh, he sent us each copy of, of one, and uh, we've gotten a chance to kind of use it a little bit. Um, I don't, this thing is interesting. I, I don't know. Isn't it? <laughs> I, I tried using it for, like, swap note a little bit to, like, write stuff out. It took a little bit of getting used to, and then I kind of got it, but, like, once I got it, I wasn't saying, like, yes, this is how I have to use a stylus from now on. It was just like, okay, this works, I guess. Um, and then mm-hmm. I tried using it in Kid Icarus Uprising, because um, that one um, is a bit of a challenging control scheme, kind of with the, on the land battles especially. Um, and uh, I'll say, like, the sky battle part, like, you know, where you're kind of aiming on the, the bottom screen and stuff, that, that was okay, not too bad. But then the land battles, I felt it was harder with the comfort stylus than it was with a normal one. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Greg? Um, I didn't really get a chance to really play with it with the game, but I also have, was having a turn with a 
note or whatever, and I was just tried sending out a message, and like it seemed like my letters were a lot bigger because I had it like wrapped around my finger. I was doing that perspective a try. Obviously, I guess I don't have the best control of it that in that regard. But even just like holding it when it's kind of straight, it kind of felt a little flimsy almost. So it was almost even harder to put like pressure to write. So I, it felt like it was more of a stylus that's meant to be like towards like tapping like buttons, like any of the any sort of tapping mechanisms you might use, but if you're mm-hmm. trying to like write or play with it, it doesn't seem very practical. Yeah, I found that too. Like it's it's I did not like using it at all when it was just straight. Because yeah, you try to grip it and it just bends all over the place. But when I did wrap it around my finger, after I finally got used to it and got it and got it in a comfortable position, because it took a while to actually like get it in a comfortable position. But once I finally did, I, I found that I did enjoy it more or it just came natural to start, you know, tapping and moving around menus with it and things like that. But, yeah, when it came to, like, actually writing with it or something like that, it wasn't as nice. I mean, I guess if you're a person that, you know, tries to write a lot with just your finger, it makes sense. But, I mean, no one really does that. We're used to using, you know, holding a pen or a pencil or something when we write. And I don't think it's, it's not as intuitive to, you know, try to write with your hand. I don't know if you guys have tried to write, like, sign your name on a touch screen before or just your finger. That's what I kind of felt like. Um, it just, I'd rather have be holding, you know, a normal stylus and try, you know, drawing or writing or, you know, the precision stuff. While it seems, you think it makes sense because it's your finger and it's attached to you, it's actually, you're less precise when you have it attached to your finger than, you know, holding something, I think. Yeah, because I think part of it is maybe, like, your finger sort of obscures the view a little bit, so it's kind of hard to see exactly how you're writing. Um, So, I don't know. I guess, well, with Kid Icarus, that's a game where that requires a lot of, like, swiping and a lot of, like, full, you know, motion, I guess, on the stylus, but uh, maybe with a game that was, like, that just had more tapping or something, maybe that'd be kind of interesting. I don't know what trying to think of a game that might do that, but I don't know. Um, what's that, uh, that, that oh, maybe. theater rhythm or something like that? that, that Final the Fantasy. Rhythm? Yeah, yeah, the Rhythm. I do have that game. I should try that out with it. Um, yeah, I'll have to try that out and see how that is. Uh, but, with, like my ultimate card game that I have when you're just like tapping a, selecting a card to play on the touch screen, it would probably be right. A little better for right. something like that, but I mean, even Castlevania, there's like, like, a, there's like a menu at the bottom you can select to open up to see your combos or whatever. So I mean, even if I just had it wrapped around my finger when I needed to open up the menu, it would probably be a lot easier than trying to hold the stylus with a couple of my fingers and still trying to hold the 3DS at the same time. But other than that, I don't really see that. What she said. Yeah, I think it's 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 a lot about uh, preference. You know, people might really enjoy that. You know even being able to grip it, you know, if it's around your finger, trying to grip it as well and just, like, holding on to it, you know, just above the tip. I know some people, like, enjoy, you know, writing like that with their pens. They grip them, you know, right before, right above the tip. You know, for a person that likes that, you know, this is this is good, you know, because I felt like I was able to hold it like that really well. But, yeah, I, I think the majority of people are probably not really going to enjoy it, especially because I think it's, like, eight bucks for this thing. So I don't think I'd be spending eight bucks for this. I mean, 
that's just me. <laughs> but yeah, right. I think it's a little too expensive for what it is. Yeah. I guess well, it kind of goes with a lot of the other accessories. I think kind of usually a little overpriced too. I mean, it's <laughs> true. Every accessory, couple, couple stylists or <laughs> you just buying a friggin' screen protector and you're like ten bucks, like just for like yeah. a little piece of plastic that goes over a screen. That's true. <laughs> right. So that is the comfort stylus. I guess people have gotten you know more thoughts on that. Um, if anybody does have it though, and they have like a different opinion, like if you like it or something, let us know. You know what game you use it with, or you know how you kind of wrap it around your finger or whatever. And uh, I'd be curious to to kind of see that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So now let's get into some of our news and discussion stories. Um, so I have one little first party thing, and then we'll get into all the other stuff, the friends and foes part, I guess. Um, so the first little story here is uh, something I'm actually really excited about because I am a big fan of the Pikmin series. And uh, basically, Nintendo is going to be releasing these um, little shorts, Pikmin shorts, um, animated shorts on the 3DS. Um, and they're going to be released sometime before the release of Pikmin 3, um, just, I guess, to kind of maybe promote the game, uh, possibly as Nintendo, like in the Nintendo Video app, um, but if they're popular, they'll consider selling them as well. Um, and uh, I'm guessing because they'd be on Nintendo Video, I'm guessing they'll be in 3D. Um, I don't see anything specifically that says that in the article, but um, one of the little descriptions of they kind of had like a little test version of one that they showed somebody, and uh, it was kind of like a little joke with Captain Olimar and the Pikmin, and it looked like he was eating the Pikmin, but he was really eating carrots or something because carrots look like Pikmin. It was just like a little random uh, funny <laughs> video, I guess. So I think that's probably, they're probably going to go with, you know, little funny clips or something along those lines. Um, but uh, I thought this was interesting because, like, they did something similar with Kid Icarus Uprising. They had little Kid yeah. Icarus, you know, shorts and stuff. Um, and so now they're, they're probably going to do something with Pikmin. So, um I really like the Kid Icarus ones, and I wanted them to release them on the eShop because I would buy them. Um, but they didn't. They didn't want my money. I have, I'm ready to give it to yeah. Nintendo. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. These Pikmin ones should be should be interesting. What do you guys think about this? It does. It's just kind of interesting that I, I feel like this, the Pikmin ones are getting more traction, at least in, in, the, in, the, in the press, more than the Kid Icarus ones did. And... Like, uh, some people are saying, you know, oh, Nintendo's, you know, test... I mean, even the the uh, the title of the the Polygon um, article is Nintendo Test the Waters for a new cartoon series. You know, it's like, they you realize they've done this before, right? This is not the first time. They, they've had, you know, um, uh, the Kid Icarus ones, and they've had other... You know, um, uh, the Kirby cartoons and stuff like that before. I mean, this is not a a brand new idea that they're trying out. Um, that being said, I am pretty excited about it. I think the story of Figman, I think Captain Oliver and everything that, that is a funny story. I laugh a lot when I play those games, um, just because of the cleverness behind it. So I'm kind of I am excited about it. Um, but I I do think it's kind of interesting that. It seems like it, it's what I'm reading. People are thinking that it's like the first time it's been done. It's not. <laughs> right. 
I also think it's probably another good idea. I mean, I was going to add that they also did the Kirby ones, but you beat me to that one. But I think it would be kind of interesting to kind of see stuff like that. I've actually uninstalled a Nintendo video because I haven't really been really watching the videos, but if they're going to have something more interesting like the Pikmin ones, I might have to reinstall it and check those out. But I've just been noticing a lot of those videos on there that I ended up watching, so I kind of uninstalled the application. But like first-party stuff, I did see the Kid Icarus ones. I did see the Kirby ones and thought those were good, but since those were so far in between and everything else they've released on there, I haven't really been watching any of those videos. But yeah. I do... You mentioned the the fact that it's usually only on 3DS, it would be cool if they did somehow duplicate that app on the Wii U. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be in 3D, but, you know, being able to watch those videos just in 2D on the Wii U would be nice to have, you know, Nintendo video, you know, on, on both platforms because I'd rather, much rather, you know, unless it's something that's really 3D intensive that I like, you know, watching 3D, I'd much rather watch it, you know, those, some of those videos on my big screen instead. Right. I mean, a little, uh, a little off topic, but I know people have kind of been asking for them to do the Nintendo Directs, like on like the Wii U and stuff like that, too. So, I mean, hopefully they might have like a video app service or something where they could even stream those as well, along with that. Right, yeah, I mean, like the, they yeah. Put the, yeah, they put the Nintendo Directs usually on the, on the eShop after, but it would be nice to kind of maybe even stream those, yeah. Yeah. Imagine a whole, like, a streaming app that was, like, a Nintendo, like, TV channel in a way, like Nintendo. Well, I can't use Nintendo TV. That's going to use. I can't use Nintendo Network, <laughs> but something along those lines. Nintendo Stream. Like, something streaming uh, with either Nintendo Direct Live and then other programming, like these Pikmin shorts and other stuff. And maybe, maybe people could post their own video live stream of themselves playing. Oh, no, wait a second. That's that's later. Someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well. Well. Hey, those uh, those other people like to copy Nintendo, so maybe they got wind of something Nintendo's working on. I guess we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> and also maybe for Nintendo that, uh, copy them. Maybe also for the video app, they can stream their old uh, classic cartoons, the Mario's Brothers Super Show and the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Even though I have all the Super Show on DVD, I still would enjoy it. Yeah, I have I DVDs too. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh the Pikmin three shorts. So I guess sometime before the release of, of Pikmin three we're gonna see those on the three D S, so we'll keep an eye out for those. Now on to the third party stuff. So first up we have some stuff from Ubisoft, which uh goes by the title <laughs> of the podcast, Friend and Foe. I would say Ubisoft falls in the category of both <laughs> because uh, they're yeah. very friendly in that they decided, hey, Rayman Legends, Wii U exclusive, this game is going to be great. You guys are going to get to play this in, you know, um, end of February or whatever, I think. Um, and uh, then they decided to be a foe in that they <laughs> released it on multiple platforms. It's coming to 360 and PS3, which is fine, but they delayed the Wii U version all the way until um, uh, September, I believe it. Yeah, September, uh, to release alongside those other versions. Even though the Wii U version is basically done, uh, even the mm-hmm. development team has not been happy, and they have, they've kind of 
voice their thoughts on that. Um, so, but regardless, Ubisoft wants to release them all together, and uh, so people are not happy about that, including myself. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, to kind of get people, you know, on their good side, and I don't know if this will help or not, but they decided <laughs> to release essentially the game's full online challenge mode early exclusively for Wii U fans. It'll be available for free on the eShop at the beginning of April. Um, it'll include uh, five of the game's levels, the pit, the dojo, the dungeon, the land of the dead, and the infernal tower, and there'll be like online leaderboards, different challenges that you'll be able to kind of do um, every day and, and uh, kind of compete on the leaderboards with those. So what are you guys' thoughts on this delay, and does this challenge mode, like, is that does that make it okay or not? Um, I kind of thought that the delay obviously was pretty uncalled for. I mean, I don't know if the game is just complete, why they couldn't just release it. I mean, a lot of the negative press that Nintendo gets in general is that the lack of games. So let's move a game from that period to a period where there will be a plentiful of games, such as the announced Wind Waker HD. So now they'll be competing with that. Grand Theft Auto will be also be coming out. So I think even their timing where they moved it to was just kind of bizarre in general. So I wasn't really planning to get the game, but I was kind of considering it if it was out now, but by September there will be many more games that I'll, I'll know what I want, and E3 is coming up that will probably be more titles for the end of the year, so I don't really think I'll end up getting the game because of the delay. In terms of the challenge mode, I might check it out since it's free, but I might not even really think twice about that one, just based on how they kind of left a sour taste in my mouth by moving the date from kind of hurting some of Nintendo's sales, I guess, because that was a game many people were looking forward to that I've heard on like, different forums and websites and comments and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I know they've offered explanations, but none of them make sense to me. And granted, I'm not a business major. I'm not, you know, uh, even, I don't even try to you know, understand every aspect of the gaming business on the publisher side and all that stuff. But as a consumer, this makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, what you were talking about, Greg, just they put it off until later in the year when all these other bigger name games are going to be, you know, coming out right about that time or soon after. Um, Not only that, but there's also, you know, the reason they put it off is to release it on these other consoles these soon-to-be last-gen consoles because, you know, if the rumors hold true, there's probably going to be a new Xbox launching around that time, probably going to be a new, you know, PlayStation launching around that time. And, you know, people are not going to necessarily flock to go buy this game on the old console at that that point. You know, they're going to be looking through the new hotness all the time at that point. And so they got that going against them. Um the fact that the game was done, it's not like they were still, you know, working on it or anything. I mean, granted, they are working on it now just to, you know, polish it more, but they could still do that after they launch it and release updates. Um, so all of that, you know, coming into the factor and the fact that you had obviously had tons and tons of Nintendo Wii U owners who were very upset that this game didn't come out when it was supposed to um, the fact that it was delayed anyhow um, in the beginning, and then they got super delayed because of this reason, 
um, just made people upset, and now you're probably not going to sell the game near as well. You're going to have the publishers looking back and like, look, it didn't sell that on, good on Wii U anyhow. Aren't you glad we did delay it? Well, you know, if you launched it when it was supposed to, you probably would have sold like twice or more than you are going to in, in September because now you got people upset at you. Um, and they're probably going to ignore it now when they were usually going to, you know, were going to buy it. And all this, like, you know, what you were saying about just how so many people are upset with Nintendo or say, you know, they don't have this, you know, these third-party games. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like, how they can when you have third parties doing this kind of jump to, to them. I mean, they had set up for an exclusive, and all of a sudden they changed their mind and do this. Um, and then make their fans upset. You know, I don't know how much Nintendo could have had to pull. So, you know, you like dangled it over, you know, some money in front of Ubisoft and say, hey, if you go ahead and release this when you're supposed to, we'll give you some extra extra change, you know, maybe we won't take our, uh, as much of our cut as we were originally going to or something. I don't know if Nintendo could have changed their minds. Uh, I'm sure they probably tried, you know, because they knew that it was going to be a hot title for them. Um, but I don't know. I, I think all these factors come into this to tell me it was a pitiful decision in the end. Right. No, I completely agree. And I think, um, and I hate when third parties do that too. They use that excuse because they send these games out to die, like making these stupid decisions, and then they blame Nintendo and and everything for when the games don't sell. So, like, hello, pretty obvious why. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And it's such a weird situation too because the game, I believe, is being published by Nintendo in Japan. So I don't know what they're going to do in Japan now because is the game even going to be released now? I, who knows what Ubisoft is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they make great decisions, and then sometimes they make these terrible ones. It's like, what are you doing? Right, and I and I feel I feel bad for the developers as well. I mean, these guys that put a lot of hard work in this this title, and then they're like, oh, you know what? No, nope, you're gonna going to benefit from it um, when you should have, and you're not going to benefit as much as you should have because now we're going to reach it later to these upset fans. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I do, I, I think Ubisoft is, is kind of very fickle, and they they go back and forth a lot. Sometimes they say, yeah, we're going to support Nintendo like crazy. We're going to have the most third-party games than, than any other third parties on Nintendo consoles. And then out of the times they go and pull, you know, crap like this. <laughs> right. And I just, didn't really understand their reasoning at all. Like you were saying, just just to put on multi-platform when the game's done. I mean, it had to be close to being already on the disc or whatever, or even being prepped for because it was only within a few weeks so that it was going to launch. So they obviously had to start getting the inventory ready. So it almost seems like the discs are almost just going to sit there, and then if they're going to retool and polish the game, they're going to have to reprint the disc. Yeah. I mean, I kind of was looking at that perspective. I mean, I don't think they could generate all the discs that quickly to... I mean, unless this was a pre-planned idea where they didn't even have that started. But then again, that was pretty poor timing to announce it maybe two, three weeks before it was supposed to actually be on the console. Right. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with that. Um so, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait for Rayman Legends now. Well, if we do wait, because now who knows what <laughs> other games are coming up by that time. So uh, I'll probably yeah. still get it. I just Now I, I won't be getting it day one, or at least I don't know if I will. Um, before it was guaranteed day one. Now 
whenever I get a chance, I suppose. So I guess uh, we'll yeah. see. Oh, and in answer to your other question, will the uh, the little free challenge mode demo thing satisfy? No, it's not going to. I think it was like a, oh, here here you go. We're going to kick you while you're down. Here's some, you know, leftovers. <laughs> I, I think it's cool, but, you know, I don't think it's, it's really going to satisfy. Right. Yep, so I guess uh, that's that with Rayman Legends. Um, now, <laughs> that aside, we have another thing from Ubisoft. Is this going to uh, be something that might make up for it? Possibly. Let's see. Ubisoft has announced Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag coming to most consoles, including Wii U, on October 29th. No, Ubisoft, it doesn't make up for anything. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's um, at this point, because Assassin's Creed 3 came out on Wii U now, I kind of expected this the next one to come out on Wii U, so that's not really much of a surprise there. Um, it is a little bit surprising to me, though, that they decided to go with Assassin's Creed 4 um, now, because with Assassin's Creed 2, they had two other games that were... Uh, they weren't necessarily side stories. Um, they just kind of continued that trilogy in a way, um, but... Uh, so I thought they'd kind of do something with Assassin's Creed 3 and do that, but I guess they're just jumping right to 4. And yet, it's still related to Assassin's Creed 3. Um, now, both of you guys have been playing Assassin's Creed 3, right? Have you guys... Um, do you remember roughly what, like, sequence of the game you're in? I'm not very far in at all, actually. Because um, <laughs> I... It's it's one of, it is one of those games that kind of sucks you in. There's a lot of the story, and so I purposely kind of stayed away from it for the time being because I know I'm going to have to jump in more. So I'm I'm not even like a, a few hours in, maybe like three four hours in, if that. Okay. I mean, I when I booted up last time, I just made it to the second sequence. So I'm okay, not, so you're like barely further further than me, I think. I've just docked in America, and then I was like, "Oh shoot, I gotta save it." And <laughs> oh wait, so that's so, okay. So I guess I'm further than because I I have I have been docked. So <laughs> so I had to go talk to Ben Franklin or something, and yeah, I was like, not today. Uh, okay. Maybe next time. And I've been meaning to play it. Just that when I get the opportunity to, it, like the controller's either dying or whatever, I don't have more than an hour's worth of time to play, and it's really hard to dive in there and everything. But in terms of the Assassin's Creed 4, I mean, I'm also not surprised that it's coming to Wii U, and hopefully I'll have a chance to finish 3 before it will come out. And it almost seems like with 4's announcement coming so quick, it's almost starting to become like the next Guitar Hero. It's like this Assassin's Creed mm. Five gonna be gonna be next year on Halloween as well, or I mean, yeah, I, I kind of hope that's not what they're doing. I mean, they kind of they have kind of made it an annual release, even though you know three didn't come right away. But um, but the other you know the whatever you want to call them, games after two can't kind of came. I think they were like annual releases as well, which is kind of I don't know if that means good or bad things. I mean, some people say that's a great thing when it happens, and, like, it hasn't killed Call of Duty yet, but at the same time, other people are like, really, another one already? So. Right. Um, now, what do you guys have been playing? Do you remember the name of the main character at all? Um, <laughs> it's been a couple months since I played. I would, I'd remember if I heard it. 
this is also coming from me who has not played any other Assassin's Creed game. This is the first one. So I have very little to know with the series at all. So that's also why I don't remember his name. Okay. I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> um, so I don't think this is... Well, I think you guys start out as this character. I believe was his name Hatham. Oh, <laughs> Not really. Hmm. It might be it, but apparently we're the wrong people to ask. I don't know. Well, I'm trying to like avoid spoilers for you guys, but I believe the character you start out with, uh, I believe his name is Hatham. Um, and so basically, Assassin's Creed 4, apparently the main character is Edward Kenway, who is Hatham's father. Um, so apparently that's okay. how that ties into Assassin's Creed 3. Um, hmm. So... That'll be uh, kind of interesting. I don't know. I guess I was hoping that they would kind of... I mean, I like Assassin's Creed, uh, the series. I'm excited for this game just because, you know, it's more Assassin's Creed. That's great. But at the same time, I kind of wanted something a bit different because this seems uh, related to Assassin's Creed 3 if this is the father of, of that character. And uh, kind of would it would have been nice to, for them to take a bit longer of a break and then do something a bit more different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I guess we'll have to... Uh, See how this one turns out. Yeah. So funny story. Um, earlier today, um, so for most of our listeners probably know, I'm going to PAX East in, in just a couple weeks. And um, I get an email from Ubisoft, uh, their their PR department, saying, you know, like um, we're still taking um, what do you, uh, appointments and things like that for for our games, Assassin's Creed 4, um Watch Dogs and uh, the new Tom Clancy game, and and so I was like, okay, um, you know, do you have any you know times available? And <laughs> not too long after, he's like, they write back and they're like, we don't have any Nintendo games at, you know, any any games for Nintendo platforms at PAX East. And so like instantly, I go you know back thinking, oh my gosh, did they just pull? Uh, uh, Rayman Legends with both Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed, like, or even worse than that, and, like, just announce it for the platform and then just drop it all together. Like, I was almost livid, and luckily, I, I wrote him back, I was like, I, I, maybe I misunderstood the original email, and he wrote back, he's like, and he was apologizing, he said basically that he uh, he replied too fast, and what he meant to say was that, that the, the appointments were already booked up for Assassin's Creed, and Watch Dogs is just a trailer. Um, and so, luckily, like, they didn't just cancel, you know, it for Wii U, but, um, but I was I was close to, like, like just losing it almost. <laughs> so I was like, they cannot do this. Yeah. Rayman Legends and then Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed all messed up. <laughs> yeah, I would have gone crazy, too. I think we would have had a whole podcast ranting at Ubisoft if that were the case. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, because I, I love the Assassin's Creed series, and Watch Dogs looks great. So, yeah, that would have that would have sucked. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, that's the Rayman Legends delay and Assassin's Creed Four being announced for Wii U. So that's uh, that's what's going on there with Ubisoft. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, we have somebody who's uh, being very friendly towards Nintendo. We have Capcom here, and uh, with Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, um, I thought this was cool. The game comes out uh, in a week, March 19th, um, but they are going to release a software update in April as a response to community feedback. So a bunch of people have been 
requesting features and Capcom's deciding to update the game and, and add those in. So, I mean, they don't have to, you know, necessarily do this stuff, but they, they want to because the fans are asking for it. So that's great. Um, so they're going to, this update is going to add online cross-region functionality so people in North America and Europe can play online together, um, as well as uh, off-TV play, which is another thing that a bunch of, you know, Wii U owners like. Um, so that's definitely great. Um, and uh, the first, they're going to have um, different uh, downloadable quests that will be um, free, and the first quest will be available at launch as well. So they're definitely supporting the game and, and updating it with, with new features and stuff. Um, so I wish more developers would, would do that kind of thing. To, you know, if there's certain features that a lot of people want, they'd really listen and do that. Um, well, what do you guys think about this? I was um, very happy to hear that they were going to add the off-screen play because I already know it's going to be like a 100-hour game. So any time that I can get away from the TV to be able to play it, that would be greatly appreciated, especially with me moving in the next month or so. It will be nice to be able to play the game in the living room if we have like a TV or movie going on at the same time. So then I don't have to prolong playing it and only play it on certain times. So that feature alone makes the update completely worth it. But with like the crossplay online, I mean, that was obviously a smart move there too because, I mean, it'll help add more people to find online and not like they don't speak English in like Britain and some other countries over there too. So I would think that would be another help to be able to find more people to play with. I mean, I would really hope they could open up to have the Japanese gamers as well, that would be pretty cool, but I don't think that would be coming, at least at this point, but maybe they might update it again, who knows. Yeah, my guess is, my, my only guess is why they haven't opened it up to the Japanese as well, is just because the game was out before, and so like maybe the game that we're getting is actually different than what they have there, um, and so maybe it doesn't work properly or something like that, but I, I would assume, you know, since they've done this for um for three ultimate that that uh, that uh, Assassin's Creed um that Monster Hunter Four will probably have um at least you know somewhat of a worldwide uh matching you know for for worldwide play which is be really cool um I'm I'm personally not that is as excited for Monster Hunter Three Ultimate I think it's cool that they added this this with Europe um I pretty much only have one friend. Um, that I would actually play anything with in Europe, um, and that's Nintendan, um, that we might would have, you know, take advantage of this. The rest of the people that I would play with are in America, so it's not that big of a deal for me, I guess. Um, but I, I'm personally um, holding off, you know, we're, I think Greg's going to get the, the demos and everything, or the, the review copies and stuff, and we'll, we'll review it and everything for Nintendo Fuse, but Personally, I'm I'm holding off for for Monster Hunter Four. I'm more excited about that game than just a, another uh, beefed up version of the game that I've already had for Wii. Um, but that's that's me personally. I know other people are like, you know, whether this is the same game or not. These new extra features and new polish is gonna is totally enough for me. Um, but I, I'm I'm personally going to wait. Right. Um... Yeah, I think um I mean I'm not I'm not planning on, on getting the, the games but um 
Uh, I, I mean, I guess it's interesting. I think it's good to have that cross-region play just because there's more people to play online with in general than um, – because at least, you know, I haven't really gone back and tried Assassin's Creed 3 online, but if that was any indication before, that it was uh, it's hard to find games sometimes. So the more people playing online is definitely nice. Uh, but I wish they would have – I want to say the in Japan or in Europe or somewhere else, they have a, a way to – because the 3DS version is not online – but they have a yeah. way to, through the Wii U version or something, if, if it's connected via Ethernet or something, then you can use a 3DS version online, something like it's that. so weird. Yeah. So, yeah, so because they didn't build online into the 3DS one, um, it's missing those components, like the, pro, the, the actual code, I guess, in, in the game. So instead of updating the game uh, for whatever reason, I guess just, I don't know, physically, it just can't happen or what. I, I'm not privy to that information. But so instead of doing that, they instead are going to offer uh, an, an app on the Wii U that you download and you have running um, while you simultaneously are connecting to the Wii U from your 3DS Um but your Wii U can't be connected to the internet on Wi-Fi. It has to be connected through a, a, a USB LAN adapter instead. So you have to get one of those. You have to download this free app on your Wii U, and then you have to connect to the Wii U from your 3DS um, in order to, to play the 3DS version online. I This is a crazy workaround. Number one, I don't understand it because I'm like, how can the 3DS connect to the Wii U but it can't connect to the Wi-Fi? But... Uh, that that question aside, this is a crazy little workaround thing that I I hope they don't continue to do this because it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't even understand half what you said. So that's already too complicated <laughs> for me. To... Yeah, I'm guessing it has something to do with the, the cross-play and how you can like upload the save file between the two versions. So... I don't know if it has something to do with that, and maybe the how the online system is written for the Wii U is probably different than the 3DS. So, I mean, that'd be my only guess, but that's still no excuse to not have an online mode for the 3DS. Right. Um, but yeah, I think right now that's only for like Japan or something. So I think uh, I wonder if that's gonna if they're gonna bring that feature over to the uh, the US as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, but that is uh, Monster Hunter, so it's definitely nice to see a third-party company actually, you know, adding more features to their game. So it's definitely uh, very welcome after other certain third parties decide to remove games, you know, <laughs> for a couple of months and then throw them in there and the crossfire with everything else in the holiday season. It'll be soft. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> so that about covers it up for the third parties. So we're going to basically get into our last little discussion topic of this episode, and that is uh, something non-Nintendo-related, but in a way it can be related to Nintendo because we're all gamers here, and um, <coughs> I think uh, this announcement will impact you know, gaming in general and, uh, and certainly Nintendo strategy and stuff in the future as well. Um, so the PlayStation 4 was announced. Um, <sighs> so... <laughs> You mean the Sony uh, the, the, or the, uh, the Nintendo PlayStation 4, the, the successor to the original Nintendo PlayStation? <laughs> right, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, it's interesting they decided to stick with the PlayStation 4 name because there were some rumors that 
you know, they might go with, I guess they have a code name, Orbis, and other stuff, but I guess they just stuck with uh, PS4. Um, but, uh, yeah, PlayStation 4. And the controller is the DualShock 4. Um, so they're kind of continuing with that. But um, basically, just real quick, some of the highlights for some of the, the main features, and then we'll kind of get into our thoughts. Um, one of the, the – well, the big thing about the DualShock 4, the controller, which, by the way, we haven't even seen the console. So they're kind of taking a page from Nintendo's book there and, like, focusing on the controller. And just, uh, at least Nintendo, we kind of got a glimpse of the console. Sony's like, yeah, we're not showing it to you right now. Um, so that was kind of interesting. I didn't expect them to do that. But, um, but the DualShock 4 is basically just – it's very similar to, you know, the DualShock 3, the, the previous controller, except it has, it has a touchpad kind of on the front for one thing. And that's, it's similar to – what's on the back of the PlayStation Vita. So it's not a touch screen, but it's simply just a touch pad that you can, you can touch. And uh, I believe it's multi-touch, um, and you can kind of use that. And um, it has a share button, which allows you to, as soon as you mm-hmm. press the button, you can instantly share <laughs> images and videos, like your most recent moments, directly with, with your friends and everything. Um, so there's that. And um, because... The system is, is quite powerful. There's, you know, different other features that it has where um, you're able to essentially suspend games and come back to them, similar to, I guess, you know, pressing, like, the home button on Wii U or 3DS or whatever, except you'll actually be able to, I think, start up another game. I think you can have, like, one game suspended while you have another one running, something like that. Um, you'll also be able to try out um, they, they're using Gaikai's um, cloud technology now as well because Sony bought Gaikai. Um, but uh, you'll be able to essentially, if you go to the store, the online store, you'll be able to essentially try out any of the games like right away. You won't have to you know, spend time downloading things. And also, if you do try and download a game, if you want to buy it, you'll be able to instantly start playing it, and it will download as you play. Um, so there's that. Um, and then there's other things like they have a PlayStation app that's going to be releasing for, for smartphone devices, which will, it's kind of like similar to a, what does Microsoft have? Is it the Smart Class? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they have something yeah, similar where they have apps or it's like a companion thing that you can kind of do. Um, so those are some of the, uh, the main um, things there. And, uh, oh, you can also stream your gameplay to other people. So your other friends, like essentially if you want to log in, like if I'm playing um, and, you know, um, I see one of my friends playing something else. I can watch them play, and then if they're stuck in something, they can ask me to, like, jump in, and from my own home, I can kind of jump in and help out for a little bit or something. Um, So there's that. So that's pretty much it for PlayStation 4. We don't have any idea on release date price, except that holiday is when it's coming out. And price, I believe it was rumored. Some of the rumors pegged it at around, um, I want to say, I saw one rumor that said 429 and 529 for the two models, something like that. Um, but, uh, of course, that's not confirmed or anything. Um, but it'll probably be around that, that range because it definitely seems like a powerhouse, the system. Um, I'm getting a lot of uh, repeat vibes of how PS3 was kind of a powerhouse at the time and it was rather expensive um, compared to, you know, Wii and, and competitors, and now it seems like similar thing here, um, except it's slightly different in that with the Wii, kind of had a slightly different architecture than other games, so it was harder to port games to that system, but with the Wii U, it's much easier to, to port games, so we'll probably see more multi-platform titles, but um, in terms of that gap in, in, in power and stuff, it seems kind of like that. I don't know. Um, 
But uh, what do you guys think about the PlayStation 4? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about it, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I do think of it as very similar to the PS3 launch, I think. It's really... I don't understand how they could release this thing and not charge a lot of money for it. And that alone makes me think that people will probably not buy it as well. And instead, what will happen is the PS3 will continue to rise in popularity just as the PS2 continued to rise in popularity after the PS3 launched. And they'll have this system out there that while it might be wonderful and fantastic, it's just not going to be in that many homes until three, four years down the road. Um, because the, the the features that it has is cool. It's very forward-thinking. It's it's jumping on the whole social side of things. The Gaikai stuff is awesome. I mean, just the ability to do that. Um, and, you know, they might start actually, you know, playing games in the cloud later on down the line. I could see that maybe happening. Um, you know, all this that stuff is, is really cool. Um the share feature, you know, that's that's really cool. Um, I, I see that as a, you know, a, a great thing, especially for those people that are just really enjoying doing that, especially in gaming today. Um, you know, the Twitch is, is a growing platform for people who love to share, you know, their gameplay and stuff like that. And, you know, all these, uh, you know, the other players that, you know, do the Let's Plays and stuff like that on YouTube and everything, you know, it's, it's definitely... It's got a lot of cool ideas brought into it. I don't really get the whole touch screen or touch pad thing, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, I just can't I can't help but think most people are probably just going to continue to be satisfied with the PS3 they already have because it's still a fantastic system. And they're probably not going to be willing to run out and buy the next one right away especially if they're going to have to be dropping five, six hundred dollars on it. And I pretty much completely agree with a lot of your points. I mean, I mean, some of my first impressions was almost like, wow, it's kind of like a Wii U and a 360, because, I mean, they're doing this PlayStation Eye thing that's kind of like the Kinect, and then they, of course, they have, like, their Move stuff that's kind of similar to Wii, and then they're doing all the social stuff that the Wii U kind of started. I mean, obviously, it's not like Nintendo's patented it, and only them can do it, but it just kind of seems they were kind of jumping on that bandwagon kind of thing. So it seems like a number of the things that they're doing is already being done by, like, Nintendo and Microsoft. Um, the other thing that kind of stood out for me that you guys didn't talk about was uh, not really there's not really any compatibility with, like, the PlayStation 3 games, so I think right there that kind of might alienate some of the initial purchases. I know they kind of have this dream where they can download the older PlayStation games, like 1, 2, and like 3 games, but I'm not seeing that coming at launch. So I'm thinking by the time you'd want to play your PlayStation 3 games, you'd have to either repurchase them or it could be even more, few more years down the line. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much, um, agree as well. I think, um, it's, like, don't get me wrong, the Sony, PlayStation 3 is a fantastic system, and I think, um, 
there were a couple times when I considered buying one. There were a couple times I got really close to, to buying one, but I ended up not. Um, and, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, at least initially was the price. Um, I think uh, the the system itself is great. Um, I mean, you can take a look at the Vita, PlayStation Vita. Uh, it's a great, powerful, you know, handheld. It's um, pretty comfortable to use. I played a couple, like, demos and stuff in stores and stuff. It's It's pretty neat. But this thing isn't selling well. And even the 3DS when it started wasn't selling well. And then as soon as they did a price drop and started getting some games, it did. And the Vita still it hasn't gotten a price drop and it doesn't have you know as many games yet. So kind of a combo of the two. But still, I think price is, is huge, especially in, in the economy nowadays. Um, and so I think that's going to be crucial for the PlayStation 4. I think um, I agree in that like it's, it might take a couple of years to kind of... Um, you know, really catch on or something. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a great system, um, but uh, I just don't know how well it's going to actually do. Um, and uh, I think in terms of its features, um, I kind of, you know, compare certain things to Wii U in a way. I like, like with the Wii U, one of the great things about it is Miiverse and the social functionality. And I really like how Sony's implementing some of that stuff in PlayStation 4, like how you're able to stream gameplay and, you know, to Ustream and everything. Like I think... That stuff is really cool. Um, and then we get into the games. With Wii U, you had the tablet. And to me, that was kind of, to some people, it's not, you know, immediately apparent. But to me, I could immediately understand how that influenced games. With the uh, PlayStation 4, I don't necessarily see a radical new way of playing games. I just see kind of, I mean, the share button is more of a social thing. It's not really a game thing in a way. Um, I see the touchpad, but I, I, I don't, I really don't see that doing much in games. So I, I was kind of hoping Sony would sort of delve more into that because they did show an updated, like, eye camera and eye toy or whatever they call their thing. Um, they showed an updated version of that, but they really didn't talk about it. You know, So I, I wanted to see sort of more of that. But it seems like Sony so far has focused more on, like, the concepts of, of the social aspect and what their system's about and not uh, basically um, the actual... You know, I guess the, that stuff's probably going to come at E3, the actual games and the use of the controller and that. And that's what I'm excited to see. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think the, the only other thing I was going to say is, I, as a whole, though, I, I think the, the system is great. And I think, you know, it's going to push, push further innovation in in the, you know, the whole gaming scene, which is which is great. Um, I think, you know, um, it's going to be able to push Nintendo a little further. It's going to push Microsoft a little further. And, uh, and in the end, I mean, competition is always great because it's, it's better for the industry as a whole. You know, we, we as consumers are going to get better products and better games because of it. Um, so from that standpoint, I think it's, it's great um, for Nintendo to have this kind of pushback from Sony. But at the same time, um, you know, maybe Sony's going to try out a few things with PlayStation and, you know, Nintendo can step back and say, okay, you know, how are consumers reacting to this? Do they really enjoy it? Or is, or is this something we should continue to avoid? Or is it something, oh, they really do like, maybe we can implement, you know, in some fashion into the Wii U or our next console or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, just overall competition is always good. And I think the, the PS4 will add a lot of competition and uh, it's going to just make the gaming gaming industry even better. Right. 
Yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, what comes out of it. And I'm also excited, probably the rumors point to next month being the unveiling of the next Xbox, which will probably also come out this year. So I'm excited to see uh, what they do with that. Um, so that about wraps it up. Oh, wait, scratch that. Surprise, we have a little uh, stealth announcement from Nintendo that uh, Steve pointed out in the chat. Um, looks like... Nintendo um, held a special Nintendo Direct Mini in Japan, kind of out of nowhere they posted it, and it is about Flipnote Studio 3D. Um, so we knew it was coming a long time ago. I believe it kind of mentioned that they're working on something. But now it has been confirmed. Flipnote Studio 3D um, will allow you to... You can make 3D drawings as animated um, GIFs, and you can uh, upload those, um, like I guess, I don't know if you can directly upload them or save them on a memory card and, and then do that. Uh, you can also save you can, them on uh, API. Can, yeah, you can upload them to the uh, the Hatena or whatever um, thing like you said before. But all right. that's, that's all they announced. At least it shows that's that's all I'm picking up. They still have that built into it. But yeah, you can. Looks like you can download them as an API and possibly you know upload them somewhere else from your computer. Okay. Nice. So definitely a lot more sharing capabilities there. Um, you can draw pictures in three layers, six colors that you can use. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, there's a friend Flipnote Gallery community service where you can comment, evaluate, and download each other's drawings. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm going to say, um, yeah, I can't even talk. Um, thank you to Cheesemeister3k on Twitter. He, he always does a lot of translation stuff, so I'm reading his tweets uh, translating the uh, Japanese Nintendo Direct. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess he confirms you can download each other's drawings and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Um, and um, it's a sample 3D movies are provided. Flipnote Studio 3D to be made available for free on the eShop this summer, um, at least for Japan so far, they've said. So there you have it, Flipnote Studio 3D coming this summer for free. Um, sweet. So there's that. And I love how Nintendo does these, like, stealth, things, like, out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, here's Flipnote Studio 3D. Like, here's a little video of it. Hey. Like, oh, okay. This stuff comes out of nowhere. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you guys, did you guys use Flipnote Studio much at all? I enjoyed actually um, looking at the Hatena or whatever, um, the site, more than I did creating myself, because I am not an artist whatsoever. Um, but I love seeing what other people um, have done, and so that's that's what I mostly use Flipnote Studio for. That and like the colors, 3D. I love seeing other people's you know drawings and everything on that um, as well. But yeah, that's what I used it for mostly. And and you could also view that on online on the Tenno website. Uh, so I, I haven't done it in a long time, but I I usually use it to view more than I do to create. But that's because I'm not an artist. Right. That's probably my same thoughts as well. I'm, I think I tried drawing something simple and just kind of was playing around with it, and that was pretty much my extent. And I actually didn't even really know you could really see this stuff online. So if they're going to have an online thing to check for 3DS, I'll actually likely download it just to kind of see the art. Cause, I mean, that's one thing about the Wii U communities is you're, you're seeing all the art being posted, and it's kind of like an incentive to click the popular post in each of the different communities just to see what amazing artists there are, are out there. So, Right. 
Yeah, yeah if you go to footnote.hatena, dot com is where is the the website where you can view them all online. Yeah, I didn't. I barely made any because I knew I would suck at it. But there were some amazing footnotes that people made. It's just mind blowing yeah. what some people did. I can only imagine now in 3D how people are going to do this. This is going to be epic. So I, I'm very excited just so I can watch other people make stuff because I'm sure yeah. they're going to make really cool ones. Um, yeah, was, I expect uh, great things out of you, Ross. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying Ross in the chat is um, <laughs> talking about how uh, he's uh, he made a couple of flip notes. And this guy, if you if you haven't seen Ross's stuff, like check him out on the Wii U too. He posts some awesome things on the Miiverse. He's a really good artist. So check out his uh, his stuff there. So I'm I'm excited to see what he has to do on a Flipnote Studio 3D as well. Um, so yeah, that about wraps it up this week. Um, so uh, nice and Nintendo to do this. Usually it's always as soon as we end the news comes out, and then it's like, yeah. oh well, we've just missed yeah. it. But uh, luckily it's breaking news. We got it <laughs> right. Um, and it's a live podcast too, so that works out. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's about it for this week. And um, we will be back in two weeks' time on March 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, so in the meantime, check out our forums. It's at uh, forums.wienintendo.net. I think the old address will take you there. But I think uh, the new one is nintendofuse.com. Um, so uh, check that out and uh, join in on all the all the great discussion. Let us know if you're going to get Flipnote Studio and you know what you plan to draw and everything. Um, I'm excited to see that stuff. Um, so that's about it. So thank you guys for, for uh, listening in. Thank you to Ross for uh, joining us in the chat. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care. Peace out. See you. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.